so excited today to introduce our guest. His name is Jeff Spun. He's a leadership expert, and I'm so excited to talk about different kinds of leadership and a new collaborative awakening that he's working on. So welcome, Jeff. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Erica. It's good where, to be uh, where are you in the world? Chicago. Oh, brr. <laughs> I'm right by Lake Michigan, so that beauty helps get through the cold. Oh, nice. Yeah, that sounds really beautiful. I'm in the forest areas, um, Northern California. So um, let's just kind of jump right in with kind of your work in the world. What, what kind of got you interested in leadership as a focus? Wow. When I was, the first impetus was when I was 16 years old uh, on an athletic field, our team just got into that flow state, the collective flow, and we just outperformed ourselves in miraculous fashion, at least for us at age 16. And, you know, that experience really marked me. And I began to wonder what made that happen. And how can I build a bridge to that kind of experience that often happens in arts and athletics into my own life and into teams and organizations? Oh, that's so fascinating. And then as you started working on uh, leadership, it sounds like you're kind of braving a, you know, I don't think collaboration and leadership are always in the same sentence. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, yeah, um, a lot of times uh, leadership isn't as collaborative as it could be. Uh, I think it would be helpful to maybe take a look at collaboration, the word itself. It comes from co-labor, which is an industrial age concept and practice that uh, really was about leadership as chain of command or command and control. And so our one of the reasons our collaboration isn't as strong as maybe we would like it to be in our current model of leadership is that we're still in the chain of command or command and control model of leading followers. And as long as we're in that model, our capacity to collaborate is going to limit. The ceiling is not very high. What we're talking about is offering a new model that includes the hierarchical and capacity to lead followers, but goes beyond that as well. That reminds me when I was at Intel Corporation, I remember at the very beginning when I went there and we were told that every single person in the meeting, if, any, if everybody was in the meeting, first yeah. you had to figure out if you should be in the meeting or not, but once you could like justify being there, you had to justify every meeting. Otherwise they didn't want you just to meet to meet. But I remember, being told every person's value and like if you notice something even if you're not the boss you should bring it up like if you could yeah. see a way of of fixing something or if you could see it was this like honoring of everyone's eyes yeah. particularly new employees they would pounce yeah. on you really hard to like pull that out of you so tell me a little bit about this word that you've worked on and, and it's such an exciting word and I just love it. And tell us its relationship with leadership. What does simultaneity mean? Yes, well, one of the words underneath simultaneity, which you were reflecting in your, your personal experience is what I call panarchy. And so what I see is that we're evolving and that was an example of it from a monarchy view of 
of leadership into a hierarchical view of leadership. And now we're moving into a panarchy or all rule. Monarchy means one rule. Hierarchy means rule over. Panarchy means all rule or all lead. And you were invited in this experience that you had for everyone to be a leader. I find that very exciting because today's problems more and more and more require leaders from across an organization to lead each other, whether in a project, a cross-functional team, or pods. And an executive team is a group of leaders. Merger acquisitions, we have a group of leaders. When their uh, millennials show up, they show up to lead, and, 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 and as, as was illustrated in your story. So the question becomes not just how do we lead followers, but how do we lead leaders? That's really interesting. I don't think enough people spend enough time on this topic just thinking about it because it's really fascinating. What are some of the things you see coming up? Like what are emerging in the trends in leadership? Well, I think uh, the trend is moving into, <clears throat> moving from the solo model of leadership into shared leadership where we have collaboration and it's often expressed in situational leadership. You lead or follow depending on the situation or servant leadership where the, the leader decides to serve the follower. Uh, and, or, and, and it kind of mixes things up a little bit. And those are two forms of collaboration. But what's evolving now is, and the trend in leadership is that everyone shows up as a leader and we figure out how to lead each other. In fact, research indicates at Harvard that teams that are on a roll or in that collective flow consistently, everyone shows up as a leader and they figure out how to make it happen but often they don't know what makes it happen. And that's what simultaneity does. It breaks down what makes, what are the mindset, the personal skills and team disciplines that empower and allow a team to uh, get into that flow space more and more consistently. So I have a practical question. If I'm a CEO and I'm running a team of people and I'm noticing a kind of a lethargy or you know, not as engaged as I am, like I'm super into my company, and then right. I'm having some trouble getting people like to play full out. What are some things, some practical things that a leader can do to really, um, you know, engage and wake up their uh, group? Yes, yes. Well, that's a good question. A number of things that, that come to mind. But um, the one thing is, is a little step that a lot of people like. For a lot of times, a leader who's in that situation, as I have seen, is a dominant leader, uh, but often not aware of it and not what doesn't know how to shift their dominance, you know, and then they blame it on the team because the team's not involved, you know what I mean? And so, but one little step to, to help that, and I've seen this happen over and over and over, is what I call the three weights, W-A-I-T-S. And that means this, that if we're in a, we're in a team meeting, and I know the answer and I know what I want to say and I'm a dominant person, I wait one time. Uh, if that comes up, I don't say anything, I just wait. And then 
If it goes on again and I got the answer again, I wait a second time. If it comes up again and I've got the answer again, I wait a third time. And then after three waits, 85 to 95% of the time, what I thought was only my thinking has already been said. Wow. And then if, if, uh, if it hasn't, then I go ahead and say it. So that, that I love can it. help. That can be more challenging than it sounds yeah. for a dominant personality. That is so helpful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Jeff. I'm so glad you could take the time out. Tell us um, where people can uh, reach you and find out more. Yes, on my website, www.leadingleadersinc.com. I love it. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Erica. Thank you.